Hey, a quick reminder. We would love to hear from you about your best summer travel stories. Give us a call and tell us about the places you went, the people that you have met, the things that you learned while traveling. Uh, You can record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at atlasobscura.com or call us and leave a message at 315-992-7902. Looking forward to hearing from you. When you see lists of ancient architectural wonders, you often get a lot of the same names. You get the Pyramids of Giza, Easter Island Moai, Stonehenge, and... To be fair, these are all incredibly impressive, amazing places. But there's a feat of architecture in northern Lebanon that's perpetually overlooked, even though in in some regards it actually dwarfs these other structures. The Baalbek Trilathon is a set of three rectangular stones built into the platform of a Roman-era temple. And they weigh, in no exaggeration or hyperbole, about 800 tons each. That is about 30 times the weight of the heaviest stone at Stonehenge. It's about 60 times the weight of each Easter Island Moai. And there's three of them. These three stones that you've probably never heard of are likely the largest stones ever used in any structure, anywhere, ever. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're visiting the Baalbek Temple Complex in Lebanon. We have very little evidence about why this temple was built, who designed it, and why they went to such an effort to form and move these truly massive stones. After this. This year, we all have a choice to make. But it's not just about this donkey or that elephant. Some of us want lobster, oysters, or a Michelin star chef's take on sea bass. Some want to watch whales. Others want to make way for ducklings. And some people just want to get the whole family on top of a big old green monster. We all have different agendas. But that's exactly why Boston is the one thing we can all agree on. Book your getaway at meetboston.com. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. The ancient temple complex at Baalbek is one of the most well-preserved Roman ruins on the planet. Baalbek itself is a kind of oasis. It's got fresh water, fertile soil, and fair weather all nestled in this sprawling desert valley. The complex 
is about the size of three football fields with a handful of scattered columns and smaller temples all still standing. And even for archaeologists, the view from this temple platform is kind of surreal. When you're there up on the platform and you're in, you have a panoramic view of this valley with the mountains on either side and the greening of the fields surround you, and it's extremely quiet. The, the scale and the setting and the, and the quiet uh, just uh, are, are like nothing I've, I've ever experienced. That's Dr. Del Upton. He's a professor of ancient architecture at UCLA. He studied Baalbek extensively. The, the size is overwhelming. It's an experience that I still see vividly in my, my mind. Experts aren't the only ones impressed by this ancient complex. Everyday visitors are also really floored by it. Many to cry, many uh, people start to tell us, please give us 10 minutes to touch the stones, to feel the power of the stones. Some they made meditation, they made meditation in the temples. And some they feel some uh, positive energy when they entered in the temples. That's Charbel Saliba. He's a third-generation tour guide born and raised in Baalbek. He grew up around the site, but he's still impressed by it. You don't find this number of stones in one place anywhere else. So the size is very, very huge. Uh, until now, when you stand next to stone, you feel yourself very weak. Even within the context of all of this utter enormity and incredible ruins, one feature really stands out, the trilithon. Trilithon is just architecture speak for any set of three stones. And the Baalbek trilithon are these three horizontal stones laid end to end in the foundation of the biggest temple in the complex. The thing is that they're way, way bigger than every other stone in the same wall. Like imagine a brick wall with a bunch of normal sized bricks and in the middle there's just these like three monster enormous bricks looking at a place. It looks strange and then you take into account their size. And then it starts to look wildly impressive. Each of the stones, as I said, weighs around 800 tons, which is unheard of elsewhere in ancient architecture. So there is nothing like this in the world. Uh, they are, uh, as far as I know, still the largest single stones used in any building that we know. And that's by a long shot. They're also like 30 feet off the ground. Because they put them above other rows of stones. We still didn't know how they really were able to put them that high to move them this way. So people wondered, how did they quarry such huge stones? How did they get them there? Why would, why these three stones? What are they doing there in a otherwise relatively conventionally built stone platform? So they're so conspicuous that they just attract attention and, and marvel. So you've got these huge stones attracting people's attention, their sense of marvel and wonder. And you've got all these unanswered questions about them, all key ingredients for any conspiracy theory. And Baalbek, as you might imagine, has plenty. 
many speaks about aliens that these big rocks place for landing of spaceships. Ancient aliens. That's one theory, at least. Another theory, uh, Sumerian deities. I heard that about these Anunnakis. Or maybe, just maybe, giants did it. Some speak about the giants in the Bible. Part of the reason there are so many of these alternate histories is that we have very little documentation of what really happened there. For a complex of this size, uh, you usually expect to find some kind of, of uh, evidence of, of date or, or builder or dedication. And there aren't those kinds of, of evidence. And we don't even know uh, firmly what gods the, the three temples were dedicated to. The one date that we do have is from what we can only guess was a board stonemason. The main section of the big columns is 1st century AD because we found uh, a carving, a graffiti in fact, all the graffiti done by one of the workers who wrote he was working there around 60 AD. Without more concrete evidence, there's a lot we'll never know for sure about the trilithon. But archaeologists have worked out some really interesting hypotheses that are, in my opinion, just as impressive as aliens or giants. What we do know is this. One, Baalbek natives were expert limestone quarriers. And two, the Romans at this time had more money than gods. And they had a lot of gods. So put those two things together and great things can happen. I know that the locals were very good in cutting moving rocks, much better than in the Western Romans Empire. Based on what we know about other ancient sites, we can then guess at how they moved these giant rocks. First, they would chisel out the top, then the sides of each stone. As they chiseled out the bottom, they'd insert logs beneath it. So by the time it was fully quarried, it was literally ready to roll. Exactly. This for the big rocks. There is no other way. Once the stones were on logs, a lot of manpower and some clever block and pulley systems got them out of the quarry. As for getting them 30 feet up, Upton thinks they were pushed, probably very slowly, along ramps. If you made a very, very longer ramp, the angle that you had to push the thing up would have been much less. The longer it is, the, the lower the angle. So simple, so brilliant. And yet, after the builders got the trilithon up there, they stopped using such enormous stones and went back to relatively smaller stones. So why? What happened? Uh, it perhaps was too difficult so that whatever labor you, you saved on stone cutting, uh, I would guess was more than expected on stone moving. So yeah, they had to cut more rocks, which meant more chiseling, and they had to make more trips from the quarry, which meant more rolling logs. But Upton thinks that ultimately, it was just easier than the effort it took to move the trilithon. We actually know they had plans for stones even bigger than the trilithon. Because out there in the quarry are these three megaliths, these monster stones, completely separate from the trilithon, that never 
quite made it all the way out of the quarry. The smallest of these stones is 1,000 tons, and the largest is over 1,600 tons. Even the strongest crane on Earth today could not lift that weight. So these giant megaliths, the biggest stones maybe ever quarried, are still there, sticking out of the ground, looking like an ancient construction crew went on strike. My personal opinion is they've left them because it's bad quality of rocks. It's not very solid. It's, it's, uh, it's I don't know in English, how can I tell you? Yeah, it's not hard enough. Yeah, just trial and error on an unthinkably large scale. The, the trilathon represents what's probably a failed attempt to do something technologically untried. A, a rare uh, opportunity to see uh, somebody trying something out and then, and then uh, abandoning it. No shade to aliens and giants and Sumerian deities, but when you look at the trilathon and these other megaliths as this large-scale architectural experiment that kind of just didn't totally work out, the whole thing starts to feel sort of incredibly human and, and, and relatable. Like someone had this 800-ton stone idea, tried it out a few times, and then was just like, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. That was terrible. <laughs> and, you know, the pyramids and the Great Wall are incredible. There's no doubting that. But the Baalbek Trilathon stands alone. The largest stones ever quarried. And nearby, even larger half-quarried megaliths that were maybe a little too big. And as you look at those together, the whole thing starts to feel like trial and error at an unthinkably large scale and a testament to the human tendency to just go out on a limb, to try something new and see what happens. There are a lot of reasons why, despite its grandeur, Baalbek hasn't achieved notoriety like other feats of ancient architecture. The local tour guide, Charbel, thinks the Lebanese government doesn't invest enough in promoting its archaeological sites, and that the Western media has portrayed all of Lebanon as war-torn. And the ancient archaeology professor Upton thinks that it's just too off the beaten path, but that also maybe its obscure location is what has allowed it to remain so well-preserved. Whatever the reason, the Baalbek Temple Complex is there, and you can visit it whenever you want. The stones, the trilithon, the megaliths, unanswered questions and all. We'll probably never know for sure exactly how Baalbek was built. But that's completely fine. It's possible to appreciate things that no one can quite explain. In fact, it's pretty hard not to. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was reported by the excellent Luke Fader. The production team includes Tracy Samuelson, Chris Naka, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Camille Mojica, Chilenya Onike, Maddie Weinberg, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. 
Thanks so much to Dr. Del Upton and Sherbel Saliba for talking to us about this incredible place. I'm Don Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen.